We have hit the midway point of the Buckeyes football season. You know what that means around here at Lockwood Buckeyes. It's time to hand out grades, all offensive grades for every position group at Ohio State, including one for Ryan Day. They're coming at you today on Locked on Buckeyes. You are Locked on Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Buckeye fans? Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Buckeyes for the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. It is Tuesday, October 17th in the year 2023. And joining us for this special show today for the third season in a row, when we hand out grades here at Locked On Buckeyes, Jeff Hunt joins me for this part of the season. Jeff Hunt is back. This is Jeff and I's third time handing out mid-season grades for the offense and defense at Ohio State. First time throwing a coach into the mix on both sides of the ball. So this should definitely be a special show. Jeff Hunt, welcome back to the podcast. Oh, glad to be back, man. I, I love doing this. I'm, you know, I, I got the I got the text the other day and I'm like, I'm ready. Cause I, you know, us us Buckeye fans, we always have a great card in our head of what's going on anyway. So, you know, I appreciate you and the locked on network giving me a chance to to share it with everybody and get 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 some of all this film I've been watching this year, just devouring film every day to let to let some of it out, right or wrong. This year has been odd, specifically for the offense, because offense is today, defense is coming at you tomorrow. For the offense at Ohio State, Jeff, I told you and I went through my grades for the offense. This is the lowest overall grade for the unit for the side of the ball that I've ever given. It's really shocking, really odd. I'm not going to put it on an inexperienced quarterback or an inexperienced offensive line. I just thought we would get better play from this side of the ball through the first six games games of the season. Yeah, um, yeah. It started off, you know, it started off rough, of course, and I kind of agree. But um, what's really kind of turned my head is really digging into the, you know, I, I've, I've paid more attention to stats this year than I have just like the feel of watching the game passionately, trying to like remove myself from it a little bit. And uh, like I said before, I'm a little more optimistic. Like it's just a more, it's a, it's a more uh, lethargic, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like consistent, you know, pragmatic offense, which I've been kind of begging for, especially when you got a, you know, a young quarterback coming in and a guy who needs to grow and honestly had to grow in a hurry. And then when I look at the numbers per, like all the per play numbers and the per game numbers, they really, the percentages stack up against almost everybody Mm -hmm. in the country. It's kind of, I was kind of blown away by the comparison to every team. I tried to look at some teams like that are right there fighting for that playoff spot, you know, like the Florida States, um, the Oklahomas and like these are the teams down the stretch that we know we're going to be talking about. And when you start looking at the per play and the per game and all that, it holds up pretty well. Even you know Kyle McCord's numbers, like you know take take them out of context of what Ohio State's done the last four or five years, they're fantastic. Um, you know I know what we've seen has been a little different, but you know sometimes that stuff like does kind of wake me up. And if I wasn't a Ohio State fan, I would look at it and say this is this is a good balanced football team right now. I think that's a good reason, a big reason why the Buckeyes are number three in the AP poll this week. Even with all of the issues that we have seen, you and I discuss um, off the air of the podcast, this team offensively 
has done a lot of good things. Jeff, I'm going to start today with Ryan Day, but going forward, we're going to give a grade for Ryan Day with his offensive play calling and then dive into the offensive position groups, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and offensive line. Jeff and I are normally really tough graders. We don't know each other's <laughs> grades, so I'm really curious to find out where Jeff and I lie and stand when it comes to grading everybody, including Ryan Day and how he's called plays this year. For Ryan Day, Jeff, where do you give him, what grade do you give him for his offensive play calling in 2023? Offensive play calling alone, um, I'll go with a B-, minus, um, and that is based on the fact that I thought early in the year um, he really kind of either overthought it or underthought it in the red zone. Um, it seemed the short yardage stuff seemed to kind of befuddle him a little bit. Um, my biggest thing was when I, I've been paying a lot of attention to the offensive line this year, the first couple weeks of the season, especially offensive line was pretty boring. Um, you know, not doing a lot of misdirection, not trying to drag linebackers out of the box, kind of just like straight up and then, you know, use your great wide receivers, which again, it it's effective, but the, my biggest, my biggest problem with Ryan day's play calling is like it, feels predictable to the other team like mm -hmm. i if i know what's going on and you know what's coming it seems like they either you know do the kind of the, the same run play time after time which is a lot of complaints we have or they drop back and make a wall and throw the ball there doesn't seem to be a lot of they don't seem to make the other defense think a lot i will give them the benefit of the doubt that i know that that's in fact something you do too when you have your better bigger games coming up later in the year but grading on what we've seen now i think the balance was a little off i thought i thought he's had a couple of pretty good games and I thought he's had some fantastic play calls uh when I went back and watched but just as as a whole uh I, you know I think B minus is a, about as good as we can see right now but I think I'm hoping a lot of that's on purpose I'm going with a B and I was wanted to go harsher wanted to go C plus or maybe even B minus but I also realized that some of the issues that we have seen with the Buckeyes offense with the plays they're running they're not Ryan Day's fault People will harp on, and Jeff and I will touch on this, the issues running the ball. That's not all on Ryan Day. Sometimes he's trying to figure out is, can I run a gap scheme with this group of five offensive linemen, or can I run a zone scheme? Can I roll Kyle out to the right or to the left, or can I run this play-action play? He's trying to figure all this stuff out in real live game action. College football, there is no preseason. You roll right into week number one before you play. It's the first time you play a different opponent. and so. When Day was in the NFL, he had a fill-out period and filling things out with the players on the offensive side of the ball that he was coaching. It's not like that in college. So I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt because early in the season, you want to figure out, hey, can Simmons do this? Can Hensman do this? Can, can Donovan Jackson and John, uh, Simmons work together to accomplish his goal? Sometimes they can. Sometimes they can't. I do think over the past few weeks, you've seen a different version of Ryan Day especially last week, in calling plays that work with that unit. So, Jeff, I wanted to go harsher, but I'm giving him a, a B because I realized that when I saw him on the sidelines get really animated and upset with some of the things McCord and the offense is doing, I that made it gave me comfort in day saying it's not all day. A lot of what we're seeing, some of the issues, and the Buckeyes offense has done some really good things as well. Don't get me wrong, but a lot of the issues are on sometimes the personnel and experience not on Ryan Day, the place he's calling. Yeah, that's well said, Jay. I, I can't. I, I we're on the same page here, and you agree with everything that my eyes told me. You know, watching the film throughout the year, we got Ryan Day done. Great for Ryan Day. Jeff a B minus, myself a B. 
Where do we stand on where we grade the quarterback performances, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, and O-line for the Buckeyes? That's coming at you next on Locked on Buckeyes. This episode is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's free and easy to create a job post at LinkedIn Jobs. Once you create your job post, add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Billiards Plus. Billiards Plus has the best selection of pool tables, game tables, shuffleboard tables, and more, and the best service in Central Ohio. And did you know Billiards Plus has top-of-the-line grills with up to 30-year warranties? That's longer than most roofs. Billiards Plus carries the best pool tables from Brunswick, Ohio, Canada, Billiards, and more. Plus, top-of-the-line grills from PK, Napoleon, Memphis, and the Griddle. That could very well be the last grill you own. The perfect gift for any occasion is in stock at Billiards Plus. Go big with an awesome pool table or shuffleboard table, or a little more modest with a dartboard or poker table. No matter the season, Billiards Plus has you covered for all your indoor and outdoor entertainment needs. And the people at Billiards Plus are the best part of the experience. Kenny, Sarah, and the whole staff will take amazing care of you. Billiards Plus, visit their showroom on Dublin Center Drive in Dublin. Thank you for tuning in to Locked on Buckeyes. Uh, thank you for making this show your first listen or first watch of every single day. So one thing that we do here when it comes to position grades, all season there have been two quarterbacks that have played, Kyle McCourt, Devin Brown. They're both grouped in to the grade for that position group. Running back, there have been a total of five, primarily three but all five guys, I might exclude Evan, Evan Pryor because he really hasn't played much. But all five guys are, are viewed into grading the position group. So it's not just the starters at wide receiver. There have probably been eight to ten receivers that have played this year. All of them are wrapped into getting a grade this year for that position group. So, Jeff, you went first like always. You're going to go first once again. Actually, no, I'll go first this time. Normally you go okay. first. For the quarterbacks, Jeff, I got to go B. <laughs> and I, I wanted to go A minus. I wanted to go B minus. I, I, I wanted, I will always want to be positive. I always want to go a little bit negative. Some of the issues, and you talked about it one time saying McCord didn't help the old line out. It's sometimes in pass pro, and some of the issues in pass pro were on the quarterback, not the lineman, which is true. But for Ryan Day to have a quarterback competition and for it to be the first time in Ryan Day's tenure at Ohio State, that Ohio State's having a true initiation process of a new quarterback in college football, they haven't played horrible all year. They've been pretty much where you want them to most of the time. 
Sometimes things have not been okay. Sometimes things have been better than advertised. Uh, Devin Brown threw a couple a couple pass, passing touchdowns, one to Carnell Tate, one to Brandon Ennis. And so he's done some good things as well. Got to knock him for the fumble at the goal line last week. But the red zone package that he came in for worked. Like, you take the fumble away. If that, he doesn't fumble, that's two touchdowns, two for two with that Devin Brown package. We're looking at a team that has a new wrinkle to their offensive playbook and still might have that going forward. But, Jeff, I got to go with the B. They've been good. The window ball has been really good. But sometimes they have gotten in their own way in regards to how well the offense flows. Where do you stand, Jeff, with the grade for the quarterback so far? Well, Jay, um, we thought we were going to be so different this week, uh, this year. <laughs> um, I went with a B. And so every I like I, I, I and again, we, we always remind everybody we did not talk about this before the show. Um, but I like everything you just said. Well, I'll just say ditto. We won't have to cover that again. I, I loved it. You said it perfectly. Um, I, you know, I liked how they mixed Brown in this past week. Uh, I could talk about this Purdue game all day. It's some of the best tape I've seen on Ohio State in years versus a opponent they should beat. Yeah. Uh, so I'll just expound on that. And another thing. Uh, I think especially after Saturday night, what we saw Notre Dame do to USC, um, the performance that McCord put on in that situation, on that stage, you know, three weeks into his, you know, this maybe the most pressure filled position in, you know, college football. And to 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 make some of the throws he did, some of the decisions he did, he, you know, he's only got one INT this year. He's not make so the. So the way he's accepted the coaching, the way he's playing without like he's not the over the top, you know, physical guy like Fields was, um, you know, he's not quite on the level of Stroud yet as far as just ability to sling it. But he is he's, you know, again, I got to count wins for something. That's a, yeah. that was a huge win in South Bend that kept him in the playoff race, kept him alive. He grew up. He didn't you know, he didn't fold. Um, so and that that means something at quarterback mm-hmm. at Ohio State. So I, I give him a solid B two. I like how they're mixing Brown in. Everything you said about that, um, and I think McCord. The more I watch him, he's speeding up a little bit. Uh, you know, my biggest my biggest critiques of him so far is like it's taking a little long. They get Stroud had the same issue. They get so comfortable. You know, when this offensive line makes a pocket, I mean, they make a pocket, and these yes. guys get so comfortable, and they got these great receivers. It's so hard to like let go of the ball, and I get it. Uh, he's he's speeding it up a little bit. He's starting to run plays a little better. Some of the stuff there now that they're finally moving people around and doing some fun stuff with the tight end. Uh, he's running the plays really well. So uh, um, extremely happy with the progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and um, again, I, I think it's a solid B. And I think McCord is. I, th- I think he's one of the dudes. I think he can really be one of the, one of the real like actual deserve to be high end, high level starters in, in college football. Let's keep this train rolling. Not going to add any commentary to that. For the running backs, Jeff, and I'll go first for every group this time. Okay. That'll definitely change in the, in the next show, but I figured I'd go first right now. For the running backs, Jeff, oh, I'm being nice today. I have never been this disappointed in the running backs at Ohio State in my life. And it's not just the issues running the ball. Sometimes I wonder if they know – I. The urgency on a play, the path on a play, where the crease and the hole is going to be on a play. Like, I'm truly in my mind wondering, do you understand? Do you know? If you know, why is it being, why is it consistently an issue on you hitting the hole? And this is not a Henderson issue. Like, I harp on Henderson's vision, and I know his vision is not the best. 
this is all the running backs. Except for maybe Dalton Hayton. He's only he's only had 11 carries, 76 yards, one touchdown, one game. So, like, he came in. He did fine. Evan Pryor hasn't really been doing – I think he's only played two games this year. So, like, I'm not really going to count him in this either. For the top three guys, I am so confused at what we're getting out of them. That, now, granted, sometimes they're good in pass pro, so I have to give them credit there. But in the run game specifically – Yes, a lot of the issues are on the offensive line. Also, a lot of the issues are on the running back. So I'm going with the C, Jeff. Um, <laughs> it's really, really embarrassing for me to be a Buckeyes fan and a podcast host and realize this might be the worst play from Ohio State's running backs since, what, past 20 years? Do six games? I mean, realistically, think about this, Jeff. We thought 2020 was bad. This is worse than that. Until Trey Sermon like popped off and yep. went off at the end of the season, I don't think that beginning of the season was worse than what we've gotten from these running backs this year. <sighs> I'm confused, man. I'm really confused. Uh, surprise, surprise. I went with a C. Um, <laughs> Guys, this never happens. This never I don't happens think at all. We, and I told you I was I was gonna be more off, the, but um, you know, it's they just they're not they don't hit the hole solid. Uh, you know, everything's getting blamed on the offensive line. Just please go watch people. Um, you know, it's, it's not as clear cut as that. Um, I'm not exactly sure. Like sometimes it feels like they run to contact, but they don't run through contact. Um, except for, except for some of the stuff that train him did, like, you know, some of the early parts of the season where he just was running angry. Um, there's just not a fierceness there. I, I'm not exactly sure where the breakdown is. It obviously happens, you know, Monday through Friday. Like, yeah. I, I don't know what the issue is. There's no way that all these guys aren't talented enough they sure are Hayden is a true running back like I do like what he does and I think he's a guy that probably if you just really just rode with him for like six games he probably will become one of the best in the country that's not what a high state does but that's not what they're made to do you're supposed to come in you're supposed to break 60 yard runs and um I, I you know it's just it is kind of baffling um you got this much talent for this you know little production you know the averages and stuff just aren't there uh maybe it started coming around I do give credit now that the offensive line has started to like ramp things up a little bit, mm -hmm. that there might be some different stuff and you might start dragging, you know, the Maryland game, especially, uh, they were basically telling the linebackers where they were running and that's mm -hmm. not the running backs fault there. Now that I put on like Ryan day and the offensive line and the scheme. So, uh, maybe this is going to be to where, like when I watched that Purdue game, I'm like, okay, now that we're, now we're pulling tackle and guard. Like now we're getting people moving around. Now we're going to find some gaps. So it's going to get better mid season report. I agree with a C it's been the most disappointing part of the game so far, but I, I, it's another one to where I think it can get better quickly with, with the talent that they have, assuming we can get these guys on the field. Wide receiver, tight end, and offensive line are next. Trust me, one of the three is going to be positive, primarily positive. <laughs> one of them might not. I'm not sure where we're going to stand with the third group in my head. It's coming at you next on Locked on Buckeyes. This episode is brought to you by Price Picks. Price Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America, they are the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Price picks is really simple to play. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay 
and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what makes PrizePix the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepix.com slash college and use code college for a first deposit match up to $100. Once again, go to prizepix.com slash college and use code college for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePix, daily fantasy sports made easy. Thank you for making Locked On Buckeyes your first listen or first watch of every single day. Make sure you come back for tomorrow's show. Jeff Hunt will be back with us again for our defensive grades for every position group at Ohio State, including a grade for Jim Knowles. Year two has been a lot better for him than it was in year one. We'll hand all grades for that side of the ball coming at you tomorrow. Jeff, when it comes to the wide receivers at Ohio State, this past Saturday, if it was just one game where we got to grade them, it might grade be a whole lot lower. <laughs> I'm just being honest with you. Um, drop of the first play of the game. I, I, now, granted, the drop is one thing. The conditions sucked. I, I was at the game. My wife yeah. was, there, was there with me. The conditions were horrible. Before the game, I, told, I looked at my wife. I'm going to get to my grade for the receivers in a minute. I looked at my wife, and I said, the flags on the sideline behind Ohio State were barely moving. The flag on the left corner of the end zone, the same side where the field goal kicker missed three kicks, that flag was moving like crazy. And I'm like, this wind is insane. Now, in the stadium, you didn't truly feel it as wild like you do when the when the throwing the football or when you're kicking the ball. But the wind was not good. You're playing on grass, which I love games played on grass. But it was windy. It was rainy. It was cold. A lot of conditions that as a receiver you don't like, and as a football player, you might not like those either. So the conditions weren't good, but that, but I think there were five technical drops in that game over the weekend, three by Harrison Jr., one by Xavier Johnson, one by Julian Fleming. It was just really odd when it comes to the, the conditions, but that drop was inexcusable. Like There's no excuse for that when it hits both paws, supposed to catch it. If there was one game, my grade would be really, really low, Jeff. Before the season, I got to give him an A-. minus. I I – They've they've really impressed me in how well they run block this year. Not yes. not 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 overall over the top, but Harrison Jr., Abuka, Fleming, all three of your starting receivers, and even the backups, they showed you, hey, we're not just here to catch balls or run into the end zone to score. We're also here to block for our running backs so our <clears> offense <throat> can move. It's not all about me. It's about the team so our offense can move down the field. So for this group, Jeff, I got to give them an A minus. Where you at? I went with an A, um, okay. and may and you know a few things like you know again I agree with what you said. The conditions were horrible, and and that's not an excuse, but that's a reason. Uh, but also, I recognize that like you, you can only do so much with ride receiver. The talent's been there. Um, yeah. What what they did in the Notre Dame game, the big catches, Harrison, you know, really kind of kick starting the Maryland game, like all these little things, like those guys. Are, have pretty much showed up and, and they do stuff that like we're grading them against themselves like they're so good especially compared to a lot of other teams in the country and then I was right around an A minus like you are just because of the little things and you know some of that's on the quarterback and then I watch a play and I'm watching tape and they they there's a run play and they break it and I look over and I believe it was Julian Fleming I could be wrong he blocked his guy <laughs> he was he was running as fast as running back blocked his guy like 30 yards down the field and I'm like that's right like that's the edge that these guys that's a that's a you know, hallmark of Brian Hartline wide receiving crews, the way they block and the way they sell the play. 
And, you know, honestly, and what, what Xavier does when he comes in and bails his team out, you know, with the injuries at running back and all the stuff he can do, like, you know, we had two freshmen score touchdowns yeah. in, the, in that muddy field the first time. Like, that, that's a perfect – That's a or I guess uh, I don't think Tate scored, but he had the big play, right, uh, right. you know, in his – but anyway, what I, you know, for them to show up, that means, like, that's pretty good coaching. So – if you just look at the depth, you know, um, I, I gave them a solid A because this, uh, they're just real. They're just, they're so talented and they make such big plays. And, you know, I look at a couple of plays. I look at the Harrison sideline catch that we're all talking about. And I look at the Egbuka, you know, to the goal line at Notre Dame. And I'm like, that's because you have that talent at wide receiver. Like, you know, you're, they're privileged to be, you know, a, a team in the country with a, with a staff that good. Dude, it's insane because that 30 19 catch by Buka was one thing, but I still will say it. And it goes into the down and distance. It's fourth and seven to Julian Fleming, who really is not a consistent piece of the passing game at all. But dude, he caught the ball in front of the sticks, had the presence of mind yep. to run faster and get away from the defender, but also yep. run at an angle, knowing he, was, knowing he was going to get hit very quickly to get yep. in front of the sticks when he goes down. That third and 19 to Abuka was huge. That fourth and seven, that was basically fourth and game. We don't get this game's over. Yeah. They got that one, Jeff. Let's go ahead and go. That's, ahead and that's a good, that's a good, that's a good shout out just to the awareness of these wide receivers. Dude, it's it's insane. And that goes to Brian Hartline. I do believe yep. it's I find it very rare and odd for a receiver at his age to be able to translate everything that he did yep. to younger players in a way that they can understand it and do it consistently and do it on the recruiting trail. Like that's very odd. I don't know what he'll be as an OC and a play caller. He's OC now. I think it's just by yeah. title and promotion. I don't know um, if he's running the offense truly on practice because Ryan Day is still clearly the, yeah. the, the, the offensive coordinator for Ohio State right now. But I'm still amazed at what Brian Hartline does. The tight end position, Jeff. So I was thinking about this. and I mentioned this to someone last week. If we attributed and called Mitch Rossi a tight end, the yeah. tight ends are great a year ago, a couple years ago. If we called him a fullback, running backs are phenomenal. This team needs a Mitch Rossi bad. And even if it's a tight end where you can run two tight 12 personnel more consistently, that is what Ryan Day wants. That's in his DNA as a play caller. You can't really do that this year based off the personnel at tight end, which is why Mitch Rossi, if he was a fullback, great. If he was an H-back, great. If he was a tight end, great. Didn't matter. He could run that too tight and be very good at it. The lack of 12 personnel with this team, I do think hurts how Ryan Day wants to call things. The tight ends to me, though, I'll give them a B. Like, they haven't haven't been amazing. I, I understand that the lack of depth is there. I understand G. Scott Jr. gives you something, but doesn't give you the same things and elements that Stover does in the field. There have been other injuries at that position as well that go into why there haven't been more guys playing and why – Maybe you thought there may be um, 12 personnel use, utilized all the time. No, but I, I'm, I'm being really nice because I think they've they just been solid. They're just doing their job, which gets you a B in my book. Jeff, where are you at? I'm going to be really nice. Um, this has been one of my favorite uh, groups to watch this year. I gave him an A minus. Okay. Um, and I gave him an A minus because they can't, they just can't reach that next plateau because of to be I, not to be rude because of talent. Like when I watch the Georgia tight ends and their packages, um, Ohio State's just a step down. But when I've really dug in, there's a lot of plays that uh, you know Stover and Scott are doing a fantastic job on it. But they might not be. They may it may not. 
they may not result in them getting the ball or whatever. So then you kind of move on from it. But why really why especially Stover, his uh his technique and stuff, what he's doing. I heard a guy on ESPN the other day say that he's you know that outside of Bowers, which everybody admits that's the best tight end in the country, outside of Bowers, he might be the best tight end in the country. He's they said that on ESPN. And when I really watch, like he is really doing a good job with the tip. You got to do so many things at tight end to sell a play and to block, but also still to get open. Some of the design plays for him and some of the catches he made. I mean, the Purdue game really put me over the top. Uh, Scott and Stover out there together were were, were just devastating um, the other day. And the only team I've seen that's done that any better this year is Georgia. They, you know, their tight end package. They got a triple tight end package. If anybody wants to go have some fun, go watch Georgia's t- you know triple tight end bunch package and just see what they can do out of that. It's scary. Um but uh, I really like what the tight ends have done. I know that they, they got a they got a slightly low ceiling, but uh, they seem to be smart and they're they're kind of they're, they figured out you know G Scott a spot for him. Yeah, and they always wanted this guy on the field. Hey, I, I'm going to admit he's probably not going to get ten touchdown passes, but he is really doing work out there. Yeah, and now and what's that going to do? He's going to fr- freeze up the next positions we're going to talk about it's the offensive line. Then now you can start doing some creative stuff when you got a guy the size of G Scott that can do some of the movement he can and and do some of the tackle stuff. So. Um, all in all, um, you know, very, very pleased with them. They kind of, again, early in the year, you know, Stover was really there to kind of bail his man out, which is that's what a tight end is supposed to do. Um, so I, I've loved, and we've been begging for tight end work out of high state. So I'm kind I'm probably a little, you know, I'm probably a little shell shocked at how much we've got out of them this year. So the grade's probably higher. I hope we get to a point to where this is the bottom, you know, yes. of the tight end and, and it only gets better from here. But, you know, as of right now, very, very pleased. And, um, you know, I'll, st- I'll stick with my A minus. Offensive line. I'm always critical of this unit. Context is everything. Yeah. You got a, you got two new tackles that are starting consistently. That's huge. You got a new starting center. Huge. Your guards are returning multi-year stars. That's great. But also, you have a new offensive coordinator. And Jeff, I, I, I'll talk to you about this later on after the show, go more in depth. But I wonder if this unit would be better overall if Kevin Wilson was still the coach at Ohio State. A listener of the show and not saying names asked me about if the Buckeyes will miss Kevin Wilson being the eye in the sky in the press box. I said, I don't know, man. It's to be determined. And I don't know exactly what he did in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center or during games to have enough um, information to say, yes, they do or no, they don't. But I got to believe, man, even at Indiana, Kevin Wilson had good old lines. They could pass block. They could run block. Didn't matter if it was a shotgun or under center. They were always good there. And so I, for this unit, I really wonder how much they miss him, which now he's at Tulsa doing good things over there with that football program. I got to get this unit a C-. They've been a whole lot better, though, Jeff. We understand some of the things they do that knock their grade. Self-imposed uh, penalties, um, offside, excuse me, false starts offense, false starts, um, holdings that are things that you can't avoid, um, um, different things that slow up the offense, lack of urgency at times, proper um, hand placement when blocking. So some of the things that they're doing are self-imposed, but also a lot of it's due to a lack of experience. Also, I'm kind of confused, though, because sometimes I see I see a lot of bad technique, and I'm like, you know better. Like, we've seen you do it before. So for this unit, Jeff, I, they have that Purdue, that Purdue game. I saw some of those holes that Dallin Hayden ran through. I saw some of those holes that they were opening up for Xavier Johnson. And I'm sitting here like, 
it ain't the back that's doing this. Because there was one time down Hayden got the ball, ran off tackle left, and I'm like, that hole was huge. Like that, that's a hole you wanted at Ohio State, and that's what you expect. So I'm not putting all the run game issues even on the O-line. But as overall, I got to go see minus, which pains me. Because I know how good this unit I, – I think I know how good this unit can be. Just right now, they're showing strides, taking strides in the right direction. But overall, I got to go see minus now. Man, I love this one. Finally, me and you are completely separate on this. Um, I, I started the year and I felt the exact same way. Everything you said, um, you know, when I watched the Notre Dame game, you know, again, under the pressure and under the fire. And again, watching watching Notre Dame play USC, I'm like, wow. So I really went back and looked and I'm like, these guys, I think I've, I've defended them all year. You've seen me on, you know, the X or whatever all year defending the offensive line. I got them at a B plus. And the main reason why is um, I, I, what I really did is I, you know, I, I heard, you know, I listened to the, you know, the critiques of the offensive line and I went and looked and I, I looked at the, the shell that they made for McCord to throw the ball. And then I go to other games and I'm like, they don't, these, these other quarterbacks don't have near the pocket or near the time. Like these guys are good. What I noticed is, and I agree with you on this, the technique and the athleticism is a little down. Uh, they, oh, they, they, dude, they dude. struggle a little bit to get moving. Um, you know, they're, they're not, they're just everything. Um, you know, my favorite player so far to watch has been, uh, Matt Jones. I yeah. just, I just love watching this guy play. He has done, he did some, he, I'll tell you, if anybody doesn't believe me, he won the Notre Dame game. Just go watch him for every pass play that McCord has and watch how hard he worked and everything. Uh, my optimistic side hopes that the plan here is to come in with these guys as big as humanly possible so they can wear and tear through the season. And by the time they get to the end of the season, now they're down to an actual playing weight. Uh, you know, they withstood some of the, and then they're pushing people around. It's got to really start this week, but like, that's my hope is because I know that that is a thing that offensive lines do. I'm with you. Like some of the stuff I'm like, it looks like you just started playing, mm -hmm. but then like, the Purdue game really, really yes. jumped me up there. Now they were like, good, man. Okay, they now, did their job well. Now we're pulling guards. Now there was a play where they pulled the guard and tackle to the left, and I'm like, they just, they just blew everybody out of the water. And of course, you know, they, you know, they got the tight ends there to make up for that. So like, you know, I count when the tight ends are in line. That's part of the offensive line. So yes. you know, I grade all that together. There's, and uh, so they really started running some, some some jumbo stuff and some, you know, some, you know, 12, you know, 22 personnel, whatever, you know, getting these guys all mixed up. And now there's more movement. Um, you know, it's like, but then when they just, what I like that they can do the, that, that is, a, that is um, a big positive is when it comes down to it, you need to throw the ball. They can snap the ball. These big guys can stand up and just make a wall. Um, you know, I know that sounds easy to do, but it's not. And they can really take the fire and they can really, they're just, they're just, They've got the weight to take some hits and some pressure. So, and that that really bailed them out in the Notre Dame. I thought Notre Dame and Purdue they played really well, and then the other ones I thought they looked like they were trying to figure stuff out, which I I cannot stand that. But like you said it best, you kind of brought me around earlier. They don't have the preseason. They don't have the time no. to, to be to be under fire and figure this out. They're figuring out on the fly, and I think we're and I hope we, they can get through the Penn State game in this learning process. I think they're honestly a couple weeks away from like. The, them figuring out like exactly and the, the trust and all that and being a, in a top offensive line like I think they are um you know we're gonna learn a lot uh at, you know versus Penn State but as of now I'm I'm more pleased than I thought I was going to be at this point in the year Jeff it's been fun man we got one show down we got one show coming back for everyone grading the Buckeyes 
position groups on defense, including a grade for Jim Knowles. I wanted to throw something in for the D.C. <laughs> Jim Knowles in year two. So that's coming at you tomorrow here on Locked on Buckeyes. You can follow Jeff on X, formerly known as Twitter, at jhunt006. <laughs> follow me on the same platform at jstevens07. Send all, all of your emails to me at jstevens317 at gmail.com. Jeff is not going anywhere. He'll be back with us tomorrow handing out his grades for every position group on the Ohio State defense. It's coming at you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Buckeyes here on a Tuesday. I'll see you next time.